From a business perspective, you need to grow your value. Really, the only way to grow your value is to grow your knowledge. So for me, it's been the continual education as a business owner and, and, and realize and know that I know nothing. What's going on, guys? This is the Passive Wealth Strategy Show. Thank you for tuning in. Today, our guest is Derek Peterson from Adapt Media Agency. Today, we're talking about marketing and social media for real estate investors, specifically for real estate syndicators. You might think, I'm a passive investor. I'm not a syndicator. Why do I you know, need to listen in on this? Well, it's important to keep on top of the changes in the market, even from a passive side, because you want to you want to pay attention and see who's engaged in the industry, who's continuing to be and be involved and adapt and change what they're doing to keep up with the industry. Because in my opinion, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And if you're not keeping up and keeping track with your marketing, not keeping up with the market with your marketing, then are you really keeping up with the market in your investment strategy? I don't know. It's a question mark, right? You make the decision for yourself. I think it's important to pay attention to who is investing in these strategies, who's paying attention to what's going on in the marketing space. And today we talk about some pitfalls that some syndicators make. We get into a specific case that uh, has happened somewhat recently that uh, we talk about a little bit and dive into that. And uh, just some some interesting thoughts because, you know, digital marketing uh, is you're you're taking part in it right now. You're listening to this show. It's the way of the world now. And there are a lot of opportunities, but there are also a lot of pitfalls, a lot of potential mistakes. And we talk about some of those today. If you're not subscribed to the show, just please go to your podcast app or whatever you're using. Hit subscribe. And if you use Apple Podcasts, it'd be a very big help if you go leave us a rating, five stars if you would, with a comment. Very much appreciated. It helps other people learn about the show. And we look forward to seeing those in the future. I love seeing those comments. Always makes my day better and uh, really appreciate that. Helps other people get involved. For those of you who are new to the show, I'm your host, Taylor Lode. I'm a real estate investor, real estate syndicator. I buy real estate with passive investors and split the return. Love learning new things. Obviously, these lessons are important to me on the active side. But you know, these are great conversations to have because we all need to be cognizant of what's happening in marketing, digital marketing, social media, all those things. So that's what we are talking about today with Derek Peterson. Without any further ado, here we go with Derek. Derek, thank you for joining us today. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Great to talk with you. Uh, I think we're we're going to uncover some very important uh, information and lessons here for the more active real estate investors out there. Uh, but before we dive into it, can you tell our listeners a bit about your background and what you do and you know, get us a bit up to speed on uh, on your business? Yeah, certainly. Uh, so my name is Derek uh, Peterson. I, uh, I own and operate a, a company by the name of Adapt Media Agency. We're a full-scale digital marketing agency based out of Charlotte, North Carolina, originally from New York, decided to move to the South for some, uh, some greener grass and a little bit of less snow. Uh, and set up operations down here. And as I say this, all my friends in New York, I think are getting like 12 to 18 inches. So it was a, I, I smile. I smile as I share that part of the story. And uh, But it, as an organization, we work with a variety of different businesses from your small mom and pop to larger entities, uh, anywhere from website design, search engine optimization, pay-per-click advertising, social media management, videography, anything digital, uh, and really helping a business create their brand. Uh, that's what we do. Um, and we work with companies uh, all over the world. Uh, we've got professional athletes. 
athletes to, you know, the, the guy that's a plumber and he's, he's just opening up his business. And I've found that over time, because of particular work with one client in the real estate syndication space, that that one client had a lot of influence a few years ago, and it really sort of opened up this lane for us where we find ourselves now today really focusing on that syndication space and working with those individuals, whether it be multifamily, uh, self-storage, industrial syndication, um, and it's sort of branched into, you know, we've got realtors, but anything around investments, we've really started to grow. And we've created a program for those syndicators that relate to it, looking to level up, you know, their business from a marketing perspective and um, had some great success with that. So, you know, that's, that's sort of the quick and dirty on us as far as what, uh, you know, what we do. And as far as who I am, I you know, personally, just, uh, just a 45 year old guy, uh, you know, running that, running a marketing firm. I've got uh, three children, three daughters, uh, who rule my life, a wonderful wife and, uh, an active, uh, athlete or still trying to be, uh, in my, in my later years. So my chiropractor, as long as I'm keeping me in check. Mid forties, not later years. Come on, man. Give yourself some yeah, credit. Yeah, Mid forties. I know. Well, yeah. we, we, you know, when you were 20, 40 seemed old. Now that I'm, now that I'm 40, uh, 20 seems really young actually, but it's, uh, you know, I keep stretching that limit of what's old now. So no, I hear you. I got an email from my, uh, university the other day about our 10 year reunion. I was just like, man, that Ooh. happened fast. But, uh, anyway, we don't, we don't need to believe you that. Get your, wait you get your 20 year. Yeah. Then you'll... <laughs> <laughs> it's coming up. So, you know, a few things I wanted to talk with you about today, you know, it, it's in the few years I've been in the, in the syndication space, it really seems like, the digital marketing has really ramped up, right? It kind of started with podcasts like we're talking on now, and then people really improved, use webinars and all these other things to reach more passive investors, really. And I wanted to you know, pick your brain a bit about what's like the current next frontier or what are some new developments in the syndication digital marketing space? So I think what you're seeing more nowadays is, uh, as opposed to how maybe it was just a few years ago. Um, if you look at uh, his name, Joe Fairless is somebody I think a lot of people connect with. He's got incredible reach. Um, and he's sort of, uh, when it comes to the digital marketing, uh, you know, landscape, he, he was really sort of the, one of the, one of the first to come up with that idea and that concept of creating this thought leadership platform, right? Yeah. And that thought leadership platform has multiple aspects to it, one of which is a podcast, like what you're doing right now. It's a great way to get your voice out and start to develop this trust with your audience, right? So I think syndicators have started to realize that the old days of just having a, a list of people that you would you know, pocket dial, like the old school ways, just making some phone calls and networking, which is still that grassroots approach is still such an important part of the process and something that people don't want to get away from. But they start to realize that the attention of people nowadays is in these digital marketing places. They're in Facebook, they're in Instagram, they're in Twitter, they're online, they're listening to podcasts, they're on YouTube. You know, there's just so much information now. It's just how do you get yourself out there? How do you get yourself across all the platforms? And how do you get people to consume your your content consistently? And get the same feeling, brand appeal, um, and start to develop what we're all selling here. Whether I don't care if you're a syndicator, a plumber, um, a doctor, we're all selling the same thing, and that's trust, right? I and are you going to be my guide, right? Are you going to be my guide to help me to more passive income, right? 
And that's the message that is from a digital marketing perspective that we're trying to create. And as far as what's new on that horizon, you know, really it's, it's fine tuning and creating a, and I hate to, to use website as sort of the centerpiece, but all roads sort of lead to Rome when it comes to developing your branding, right? So your website is your landing page. That's where you're sending people to engage with you typically, and then being able to provide the assets and tools on that website uh, to be able to get them to know you, like you, and trust you, whether that's through lead magnets, online courses, podcasts, or all of the above, to be able to provide value to your listeners when you've pulled them from social media, SEO, Snapchat, you know, Instagram, Facebook into your kingdom. Once they're there, how do you keep them there? And how do you get them to continue to come back? And that's really probably what's new is using some of the tools and resources that exist to to consistently deliver value and content. And that's where most indicators, I think, who fail, fail there. It's in consistency, right? And in delivering valuable content. They build a website and they think, oh, I got a website now. Like, I'm good. But the website probably sucks, right? And you know, and 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 then I'm putting content out there because I was told to put out content, but it's but it's not pointing them in the right direction. It's not providing any value. So the key is really get your hands wrapped around how do I how do I put a bow on this? How do I make it consistent? And how do I deliver that content on a daily, weekly, monthly basis so that people over time start to develop a trust with me? And that consistency has to be spread out over time as well. Because the challenge is I think most people will build a website, they put out a couple of social media posts, they built a little lead magnet that they wrote because they were told that's what I was supposed to do in their mastermind class, but then they quit, right? You got to stick with it and it takes time. It's something that has to be consistent, continuous, and timely. Because I'm sure, as you know, even with your own podcast, when you first put it out, Probably didn't have a lot of people listening to it. No. <laughs> podcast after podcast after podcast. So you stuck with it, right? And now over time, you have a greater uh, you know, base of listeners. And that goes with growing your syndicators. The reality is people that listen to you for the first time, if they got value from your conversation, got value from your website, got value from your social media posts, you're start to become their guy, right? And then over time, they're going to develop more trust with you. So when you do have a, an opportunity, they're going to listen. And it's getting them to that point. And the only way to get them to that point is to continue to put the consistent branded content out there. They're not going to listen to it all. And they're not going to listen to it in the beginning. But you got to stay consistent with it. And I keep hammering that word. But I'm, I'm being consistent with the word consistent and that you must be consistent. Uh, and, and it does pay dividends. Um, think about it. Like people that are listening, you know, the last purchase you made. You probably didn't see that product the first time and buy it. You probably looked for something because you had a problem. You probably searched online, went to a few websites. You probably then saw that a couple of those products in your Facebook feed. And then you probably went back to the website and maybe signed up for the lead magnet. And then you got 50 emails for them and, and from them. And on the 51st email, you're like, you know what? I'm going to make the move, right? I'm going to buy this new squat rack or whatever it is that you're looking for. And 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 that's and that's the process. It was over time consistency. That content was there. They were continually in front of your face, and you made that you made that push. I mean, there's studies out there that were done by Harvard, which showed something that was really incredible. Actually, it was they took a look. They they set a bunch of men 
and a bunch of women in front of pictures of the opposite sex. And they flashed pictures in front of them at a pretty rapid cadence. And then they had numbers next to the image of that person. And they asked people individually who they found was the most attractive person. And they changed the numbers on the pictures. And what they found was it wasn't the what some people would argue was the most attractive person. It was the face that they saw the most that they found the most attractive. So that again goes back to the consistency. Okay. So I, you know, I wanted to make sure we talk about some of the you know, very real pitfalls out there with respect to social media, right? Because it's no secret, I don't care what side you're on, whatever. It's no secret that these days, you know, people are having, you know, destroying relationships with their family over political arguments on Facebook and all that nonsense. And I'm not a big fan of Facebook myself, but, you know, I see syndicators out there who are posting, you know, what I don't pick one, a, a political opinion that is divisive. I'm not even making a value judgment on on either side, just alienating a part of the base. And I see that as, you know, even though you believe it, detrimental to your real estate brand because you're you're coming off message. You're not to go back to your word, you're not being consistent with you know, this real estate investing thing, whatever. What are your thoughts about that? And, you know, how much do you see that happening, you know, with syndicators? I've unfollowed quite literally everyone on Facebook. So even if I log on, I don't see anything. It's it's great. I recommend everybody do it. But <laughs> what do you see? I figure you haven't unfollowed all of your clients. No, I haven't. So that, that's a very, very, very great point that you make. And I think something that everyone can take away from this conversation is that, you know, I think we've all had that armchair warrior moment, right? Where we're sitting at home and we see a post that we slide by, or maybe we posted something and we want to angrily write back. Listen, oh, yeah. I went down that wormhole self on my personal Facebook page, and then one realized it was causing me too much stress and anxiety, and, and it was, and I was, I was like, why am I doing this, right? And that's, I hate to say it, but that's what Facebook wants, right? They that that's what gets people coming back. And the reality is the country is divided on, on many different topics, whether you want to talk about you know, the racial tensions or you want to talk about the political tensions or should I wear a mask? Should I not wear a mask? The vaccine's great. I'm not getting the vaccine. It's, you know, it's, it's, you know, they're going to track us, you know, all that stuff. Whatever you believe, you believe. And that's okay. And I think you should um, you find, and I'm going to suggest another outlet when it comes to getting that out of you, right? Because I think that's where most people make the mistake that you talk about, right? They've worked so hard and so consistently to build up a brand, right? So here's that guy that's just consistent with his content. Then boom, let's say he's pro-Trump. He drops a pro-Trump, you know, he jumps on the, you know, he sends a, a Trump, 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 and he's going to lose Probably, you know, all those who are on the liberal side of the fence, he's going to lose all those individuals or whether it be vice versa, whatever the case may be, you know, that individual has committed social suicide when it comes to picking a lane. Now, while they may believe that, that, you know, like, like putting that inside of social media, when it comes to a brand, you can destroy a brand overnight, right? With just one bit of bad publicity, Right. You know, look at, I mean, look at some of the, so I can give a countless examples, right? Of key individuals that work for companies that did something wrong. Like Jared, the subway guy. Remember that? Oh, All of a sudden, nobody wanted to eat at <laughs> That's subway That's an extreme anymore. example. <laughs> That's an extreme example. But that just to give you an idea, here's Subway who worked its brand. 
consistent with Jared and then look what happened, right? So, but yeah, there are a lot of examples of you can work so hard and it can take you years to build your brand up in one post to tear it down, right? So while you may have a political affiliation, I think we all do. And while you may have feelings on coronavirus and all the things that have us divided right now as a country, I think if you can keep that off your social feed, not only your 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 business social feed, for sure, but keep in mind that your personal social feed, a lot of those personal people also follow you in your business. And sometimes if depending on your privacy settings and all that stuff, people can find out and see stuff when they start to dig into you, right? So let's say all your personal Facebook posts, the privacy setting is set to public and somebody goes on there and it's like, oh, wow, I really because they're looking into you, right? Then that that stuff's out there forever. You know, it's hard to delete that stuff. It leaves a digital imprint. So if my suggestion is just really, if if you have the need or the, or the knackering for, for making that statement about how you feel about something political or how you feel about, you know, the coronavirus or whatnot right now, I've found myself, what I do is when I see a post that's in alignment with my beliefs, I give it like, you know, I make a comment. I'm able to get it out. I'm able to jump on that that bandwagon. What I avoid is posting on those who don't or that are on the other side of the fence and trying to pick a fight, right? I, maybe I did a little bit of that, you know, when we're all locked in and frustrated, but but no, I just found it was uh, it was not a good use of my time. Definitely leave it off your personal page because you know, you are a business owner now, right? You're a syndicator, you're a brand, you know, you represent something. You need to ask yourself if you saw another syndicator that was putting the opposite of what you felt on their Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, would you follow them or like them anymore? Right? Just think about some of the top people that you follow just outside of real estate, and they didn't have the position that you had. And a lot of people came out with their positions during all of this. You probably unfollowed a lot of those people. So if they just kind of kept their mouth quiet, they probably would still be within your circle, right? A lot of folks in Hollywood and things like that took different positions and, you know, a lot of people lost some fans. So, you know, you have fans, you're a syndicator, your fans are your customers. So uh, do as such. Yeah, it's it's there are so many potential pitfalls. I mean, I, I see it everywhere. I don't understand you know, another example is Twitter. I don't understand why really anybody has a Twitter account, but you know, so many people just like regular people who, you know, attach their Twitter account to their regular, their, their real name. And then we'll say something, you know, divisive and then, uh, you know, whether or not consequences are warranted or not, it just doesn't seem like a good way to add, uh, add value to your life. Um, you know, another, another case that I, I wanted to, bring up here and we chatted about this before we hit record and I'm not going to use any names here, but uh, gal knows who she is. Um, Someone I know mentioned that she saw a particular syndicator who needed to get to the closing table within a couple of hours, very short closing time. So they booked a, a, a private private jet to fly, you know, whatever, an hour, not that far and posted something on social media, a picture of how oh, we're taking this private jet to go to closing. And to, to this passive investor, she was upset by that because she said, you know, I don't, I don't want to invest with you because look what you're, you know, this is what you're going to do with my money. You're going to go take these fancy flights and, you know, just, just ball out. And, uh, she, she spoke with the syndicator and expressed her concern because she's a good person and he's a good person. And, you know, it's just a misunderstanding and he explained it, but she still, you know, kind of decided that this, I'm not sure that you guys are right for me and that's, you know, it's fine. 
but in that vein right this this is all uh you know, we're, we're all here to make money right on the passive and the active side we're, we're here to make money and there are a lot of the active guys making making really good money who you know buy themselves a lambo i see some of those guys on on instagram and friends with some of those guys and i don't i don't see that as on one hand i see, I see how it could be beneficial to your brand saying like this is how successful i am but this particular passive investor made a really good case like you know I get you're you're doing well, but that Lambo's you know partially financed in a way <laughs> with my money, you know. So where do you how do you strike that balance between demonstrating look my business is successful versus I guess excessive flash or maybe seeming abusive is the wrong word, but maybe taking advantage of the situation. How, how do you strike that balance as a syndicator? So I think as a syndicator, you need to decide from a social media stance and really who you are and how you wish to portray um, yourself is because there, there, there are advantages to the flashy Lambo and the, and the private jets. There have been some syndicators who have taken that angle and that approach and that's worked for them. Right. But they have to keep in mind that's, that's their look. That's their brand. That's how they're going to catch the attention of look at me. I have a Lambo and I have a jet you should give me your money to go invest. And, and honestly, that, that's that's something in marketing that's worked for many years, right? But I think people are the true savvy investor um, who realizes how this actually works, how I give you money and then you go invest it and like, wait a second, you drive a Lambo, how did you pay for that? Part of that's my money, right? That's the investor that you want, the one that is uh, mindful of that and who makes, you know, you know, small decisions and does or smart decisions does their due diligence versus somebody that maybe is more about the flash and cash. Um, you have to decide as a brand which direction you want to go. You know, personally, I'm not one to have, you know, sitting in my Lambo, like spraying hundred dollar bills <laughs> in my online videos. Because again, if I did that as a marketing firm, people are like, wow, you're probably really expensive, right? Yeah. Um, and that that's what I would think if I saw that. Of video. But some people might be like, that's my boy. Look at him. He's successful. He's going to do that for my business. And there's a type of person, there's a type of client that will see that video and see that Lambo and see me throwing hundreds in the air and go, yeah, but that's not the type of client I want. Right. So you need to make a decision of who is the client you want. The one who's about flash and cash probably doesn't have it. Right. That gets attracted to the Lambo and the planes because that's what they want, but they're probably not there yet. Where the conservative savvy investor who makes those decisions and, and is able to have that mindset like the gal that you, you just spoke of and is able to add that up, that that person is probably is, is probably has the cash and has all that. So when I look at the syndication business, I don't think it's a choice to start taking that approach. Some have. I can I'm trying to think of a guy, he's like a Latino gentleman that was all over YouTube. Uh, that did a lot of the I mean, using helicopters. Oh, what's his name? Yes, that's who I'm thinking of. <laughs> Ty Lopez took that approach, yeah. right? But obviously, it worked for Ty Lopez, right? And and you know, I, I think I mean he had a lot of Lambos in his garage. Um, I think but they were it all is, rented, you know, one of those. But, you know, <laughs> they, they might they might have been. So, but but that was his approach, right? He was going after that person. So, in real estate syndication, I'm not sure that's the answer. If I am selling something that that's the market that I want and I'm selling a product or service where that's the person I'm after, then for sure, you know, there's some potential advantage in that. You know, somebody's trying to sell a get rich quick type of program. Sure. That makes sense. Right. Um and and I've I think, you know, 
that, that there's been probably folks that have tried to leverage that in this real estate space, but most of them didn't turn out so great. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think we need to be cautious, although it's exciting to ride. I've never flown on a private jet. I'd probably be taking pictures too. Just send them to your buddies. Don't post them in social media because, uh, yeah, it, I mean, you, you spoke of the consequence it could have. I think we really need to be, when you put yourself out in social media, and this kind of goes back to your first point is that we really need to start to be cautious, thoughtful, and mindful of what we're putting out there. Um, cause you don't, you don't realize that people may, so we need to, we need to think for a second before we hit that, that send, that send button. Yeah, absolutely. Minding your your ideal client profile and and what they're going to think about whatever you're whatever you're putting out there, no matter what it is. And, you know, many of these folks in in this indication space, the more successful ones, they've got the money to buy a few Lambos. But I think the smart ones are not putting that out there. They're not being, you know, uh, flashy or showy or, you know, uh, braggy about it. Many of them. Who even have that money aren't buying the Lambos because they're so value focused that they're not going to spend that <laughs> money are. on if you, depreciation. No, exactly. I mean, listen, if you want to buy a Lambo that makes you smile, like go ahead, go for it. But take it's, me for like, a ride. I think probably yeah, yeah, exactly. So just uh, nice. just don't post any pictures about it. Well, to any of my uh, you know list. Uh, if any of my investors are listening, I drive a Ford Fusion. It's nothing fancy. It's like four <laughs> years old. It's a great car. Not fancy. But uh, anyway, right now, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. All right, Derek, I've got three questions. I ask every guest on the show. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do this. Great. First one, what is the best investment you ever made other than in your education? It's the best investment I've ever made other than my education. I'd honestly say it was probably making a decision to take. So I owned a uh, medical device company prior to this. It was a space that I was in. I was in OR medical device sales for the early part of my years. Kind of I cut my teeth in sales and marketing. And I made a decision to sell that business. And then I invested it into this business. So when we get to the next question, which I know is about the bad investments, I've made many of those. <laughs> so after having made many of those, I decided I'm only going to invest in something that I actually have some oversight and control into. And um, you know that was the decision I made with this was to invest into this company and you know, all that was necessary to get it up and running. It wasn't like I put it into the Tesla stock, right? Or GameStop, right? Which I know yeah, is hot right, right now. Um, By the time this goes and, live, that's um, all going to be settled. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. So, um, so yeah. So, it, it, it was putting into something that uh, I guess my point being that I had a little bit more oversight and control over. And I was, I was betting on, on myself because at the end of the day, um, I, I have control over my effort. And if I fail... Uh, and I tried my damnness, um, I can feel good about that actually and losing that money versus if I put it into an investment, which I had less control in, uh, over. Right. So, so that was probably, it's probably been my, uh, my best investment, um, thus far. Nice. Well, we had the best investment, as you know, now we go to the worst investment. What is mm-hmm. the worst investment you ever made? This even hurts talking about this. So I had <laughs> a buddy when I was in the medical uh, device space that, uh, he's actually my business partner, and his his uh, his uh, father owned a uh, buy here pay here car dealership. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, um, down south. I won't really say where it is, not to alienate anybody. They're no longer in business, and that that leads to why uh, this was a bad investment. So, uh, because they were buy here pay here, and they had twenty seven percent interest on those who had basically a credit score of zero, 
And so what they would do is they would buy cars for like five grand at auction and then they'd mark them up and they'd sell them for 10 grand. So I would give them, let's say the five grand for, you know, to finance basically and give them the money to buy the car. Then I would get a note at, I was the bank, I'd get a note for a $10,000 car um, that would be being at 27% interest. So I'm five grand in and after everything was paid, I would make 15 grand, you know, in, you know, triple every short period of time. So it was a very high yield on that investment. And I felt very comfortable about it because it, you know, uh, we had low jack on the cars. If the asset was not being paid, we repossess the car, put it back in a lot, resell it. Right. So it seemed good and it was going real well. So I thought, uh, getting, um, I got asked to come down and I took my eyes off it. That was my mistake. Kind of go back to my first part. I took my eyes off it. Three years later, I go by and pull me in the office. They're like, it's all gone. I had, I had invested a substantial amount of money. All the cars repossessed. Everything was gone. Business was shut down. Lost everything. So that hurt quite a bit because, again, they were just cutting me checks because to keep me quiet, to make it appear that I was, you know, that it was paying. And I didn't ask for uh, a lot of detail. And I didn't, you know, as long as the check was showing up, I assumed everything was going smooth. And then it wasn't. So it was um, sort of the Reader's Digest version of the story, but that was a very bad investment um, and one that I that I learned learned hard, learned hard from. So. Mm, interesting. Well, that's an enormous uh, <laughs> enormous interest. You know, um, I can see why that would be tempting. I mean, even you figure you're going to make yeah. a great return, but there's a big, you know, uh, <laughs> there's a risk a of, there with that yeah, population yeah, pool. Yeah, it, but it but it's jack and all that like we were in good shape and but but they they just they were good at selling the cars they weren't good at collecting and you you would i dug deeper naturally you'd be blown away with some of these cars ended up in mexico on fire i mean it was crazy there was like <laughs> some really weird stuff that would happen people would drive them into lakes because they don't want to pay them they would up with cigarette burns and cut the tires because they were repossessing it just things that you would never think that uh human beings would do, but it was, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was, a, it was a hard lesson learned in terms of the asset class that we as investors, um, you know, look at. So that was just an, not an asset class that I would ever invest in again. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Ouch. Big mistake. Well, not nice, but uh, yeah. Yeah. No, it was, yeah. yeah. My favorite question here at the end of the show is what is the most important lesson you've learned in business and investing? Oh, so from business and investing, for me, honestly, it's probably about, in, you know, the, the, the most important thing that I've learned is that in order to grow your business from a business perspective, you need to grow your value. And really the only way to grow your value is to grow your knowledge. So for me, it's been the continual education as a business owner and, and, and realize and know that I know nothing, have that mindset and never be complacent with the fact that like, I'm good. I understand how this works and I know how to do this. Like we're good. And to have that continual hunger for learning and and getting stronger, and if something is working, break it and make it even better, um, and continue to improve those processes and and really just learn more. The more you learn, the more value you have. The more value you have, the more people will pay you from a business perspective. And that's probably one of the greatest lessons that I've learned uh, in business is that to just not sit on your heels and assume what you're doing is is the right way, um, even if you're crushing it. Right. Because someone else is trying to find a better way to do it than you. 
I mean, look at Toys R Us, right? Look at, look at, uh, I can give you countless other examples of companies that were like, ah, Blockbuster, right? That when Netflix <laughs> came out, they didn't adapt, right? So we call ourselves adapt, you know, meetings because we're all about continuing to change, right? Especially with marketing and media, it's always changing. So in, in our environment, we need to continue to evolve. And that comes through education, knowing what's coming next, knowing the new way to do it. Um, and that's really the foundation by which this was was built was on you know that word adapt nice. um, and, and changing, evolving, and learning. Nice. That's always good. Well, Derek, thank you for joining us today and bringing us all these lessons and great conversation. If folks want to reach out, if they want to find you know you, your business, whatever, where can they track you down? Uh, yeah, probably the easiest place is just go to uh, Adapt Media Agency. You can just it's adaptmediaagency.com or you can Google that. There is a company called Adapt Media. They're out of Canada. That's not us. And you can find us uh, Instagram. It's just Adapt underscore Media underscore Agency or on Facebook, Adapt Media Agency. Or just email me, Derek at adaptmediaagency.com. But if you Google us, you should be able to find us. You should because we're a marketing company. <laughs> so we should have that right, right? <laughs> Yes, hopefully. Well, thanks once again for joining us today. I think this is uh, obviously huge. I mean, especially social media. Media, um, Like I said, I, I think there are so many pitfalls to make um, or, or fall in, mistakes to make, all that stuff. And um, you know, I just hope folks can avoid them, uh, both on the active and, and passive side of the real estate investing spectrum. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating review on Apple Podcasts. It's very much appreciated. It helps other people learn about the show. If you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them into the tribe. Thank you for tuning in once again. I hope you have a great rest of your day and a great week, and we'll talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye.